Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 104 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in studio, as always, by the editor-in-chief of Rocket Sports Media, the founder of Rocket Sports, President, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing on this fine day, Rick? Good afternoon, sir. I'm doing really well. We had, uh, as as we often do, we had a, a fun conversation pre-show, <laughs> yeah. uh, and we're we're sports fans. Um, yes, um, uh, we're both wearing baseball hats today, and um, we had an interesting conversation about uh, Bob Gibson uh, passed away yeah. uh, late last night, uh, Hall of Fame pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, um, just a tremendous athlete, uh, fantastic. I mean. And you sent me a quote earlier this morning from Bob Gibson that he said that being an athlete is just about the finest thing a man can do, is what he thought. And yeah. if if that was the case, he was a guy that early on in his life dealt with health issues, overcame them, found sports at an early age, excelled at them, went on to be, as you mentioned, a Hall of Fame MLB pitcher played for the Harlem Globetrotters as well. So just a remarkable athlete. So if being an athlete is one of the finest thing uh, that a man can do, I think he was one of the finest to ever do it. Um, so yeah, a, a tremendous loss, but uh, lived a, a very long life and uh, unfortunately dealt with cancer uh, for the past year or so, pancreatic cancer. So um, thoughts with his loved ones, of course. And uh, yeah, I'll, I echo all of that. Um, a guy that um, that was dominating, intimidating um, yep. for for hitters. I <laughs> uh, like to brush people back um, and uh, and change the game. Uh, he really changed. There is there is the Bob Gibson. There are two Bob Gibson rules uh, because of him. They lowered the mound and reduced the strike zone. Um, he was that he was that dominating. So um, it's it's tough. Last. Last uh, month, we had Lou Brock, teammate of, of Bob Gibson, passed away, yeah. and Tom Seaver, uh, another um, Cy Young uh, winner. And um, so it's, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been a tough year uh, for it the has. sporting world. Uh, but we ended the week with uh, a Stanley Cup champion. Um, we did. And uh, uh, it's a little tough to see uh, Ryan McDonough and Mikhail Sergachev and Julian Breezebois be Stanley yep. Cup champions. But uh, yep. congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they uh, finished in uh, impressive style. 
They did. They certainly did. And um, yeah, I mean, one of my one of the teams, I think, in my opinion, over the last few years, I think they are the most well run team in the NHL. And this is the fruit of their labor. This is what it has all led to. The great work started with Steve Eiserman, Julian Brisebois picked it up. And uh, yeah, they, they they get a Stanley Cup championship and uh, very well deserved Stanley Cup championship. Remember last year, of course, everyone talked about the sweep and people still talking about the sweep. Uh, from the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, but hey, you got to take your lumps, and these guys took their lumps, came back, and now they're champions. So, yeah. uh, incredible, incredible story. But uh, Rick, we do have a lot to get to here today, and we prefaced, we we sort of previewed what this show was going to be last week. It's going to be our draft preview episode. We're going to devote the entire second segment to talk about guys that we think the Montreal Canadiens would be interested to pick in that 16th overall spot should they have their draft pick to do so. Mm. (laughs) So we're going to be getting to that in the second segment. That's a hint of maybe what's to come. But But Rick, before we get there, we also have um, some, some quick hit news items that we'd like to get to just off the top as well to mention that today has already been a very busy day, a very active day in the NHL where we've already seen three goaltenders sign contracts uh, with their teams. We've seen Robin Leonard, and we discussed a couple of weeks back when Leonard was playing in the Western Conference Finals, the reports that indicated that he and the Vegas Golden Knights were going to sign a five-year extension worth $25 million. That came to pass. Uh, you had Brian Elliott resign with the Philadelphia Flyers and not too long ago before we started uh, started this show you had Tristan Jerry sign a three-year contract extension uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins are a very interesting team to watch and a lot of people cited them as being one of the teams that are that's going to be involved in this really um, uh, interesting goaltender market and, and Matt Murray I think might be a very interesting name to watch now that Tristan Jerry is locked in for another three years it, things start to happen uh, prior to the draft, both in signings and uh, and uh, trade uh, discussions. Um, there's a discussion about a Darcy Kemper trade as part of that goaltending carousel that you're talking about. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Tristan Jerry. Well, of course, Matt Murray um, may be on the move from Pittsburgh. Uh, Brian Elliott takes a bit of a haircut to stay uh, as a, a backup to Carter Hart. And uh, Robin Leonard, although he was angry that the news came out during the playoffs, uh, <laughs> uh, it, uh, it, it is, uh, will be confirmed this afternoon that uh, uh, he'll be with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, and I mean, I guess he can't be angry about the stability that this will provide him uh, for another five years with a, a good team in Vegas. So uh, good news for him. But Rick, we'll start off with, with some other really good news, uh, which was that Alexander Romanoff, has, has, he's, he's married now. Uh, so congratulations to he and his now wife, Sophia. Uh, and by the way, this is three straight weeks. We've had news of this nature. We've had Mete, who, uh, uh-huh. Victor Mete, who got engaged. We had Caitlin uh, and Nathan last week who got engaged with that uh, that video that the Montreal Canadiens Twitter account posted. And now we have Alexander Romanoff, who's now married. So, yeah, just great news. Well, we remember that uh, he signed a contract. He got engaged yep. <laughs> uh, during the return to play and, and now uh, is married and... and uh, ready to get his NHL career underway. Things happen quickly in 2020. It comes at you pretty <laughs> fast. So, uh, <laughs> so, but congratulations uh, to he and his wife, Sophia. It's great news. Um, 
we have another young Habs prospect to talk about, a couple actually, uh, Cole Caulfield and Jaden Struble, who have uh, both been invited to Team USA Junior Camp. Yeah, and uh, congratulations to them. Not a surprise that they're uh, invited to camp. Uh, two good young prospects uh, for the Canadians and, and for uh, Team USA. Absolutely, and we, we often talk about Cole Caulfield. Jaden Struble we don't talk about as much, but we remember back to uh, last year and Mark Bergevin calling him a Greek god. So, I mean, this is uh, <laughs> this is good news for Jaden Struble. Maybe a little bit more uh, more of a shine, shine a light on him a little bit more. And we'll just uh, uh, yeah. mention that, that we're going to be talking about uh, um, prospects in the... Uh, draft eligible prospects uh jake uh sanderson is one of them one of the top uh, defensive prospects he was also uh, invited to to team usa's uh roster so um this is and it's going to be interesting to see how you know we've heard that uh uh that it's it's planned to to happen in a bubble it's going to be a little bit different this year the world juniors but uh um, you know, we'll be watching none the same. Oh yeah. Always, always have to watch the world juniors. It's going to be a, certainly a different environment than we've become accustomed to, but we'll, I mean, we've, we've adjusted, uh, all through this year in 2020. So we'll just have to do it again. Um, so moving on to some signings for the Montreal Canadians, uh, the Canadian signed Jake Lucchini to a, uh, one year two way contract. Uh, this comes after last week where they signed uh, Joseph Plantisi. So now both parts of that deal, mm-hmm. uh, where they, they traded Riley Barber and Phil Verone for, uh, Joseph Plantisi and Jake Lucchini, both parts back for another year. Both back. And, and we expect to see, um, Lucchini and Blandisi uh, helping Lavelle Rocket, but it is a, a two-way contract, one-year yep. two-way. Uh, so there's an opportunity for him to join the Canadians should uh, the need arise. And we also got news about uh, Michael McNiven, who signed a one-year two-way deal as well. And this comes after last week where we had the question and answer segment in uh, segment two, where he had the question from Cade from Melbourne who asked about the goaltending situation with the Montreal Canadiens, their entire organization, and we got a little bit more of an insight, a little bit more of an answer as to what it might look like uh, this season with McNiven signing this deal. It was a great question from Cade last week, and, um, you know, I couldn't give a a definitive answer, but basically my answer amounted to keep your options open. Mark Bergevin, keep your options open, and that's exactly what uh, they've done by signing Michael McNiven to a a one-year deal. So speaking of Mark Bergevin, we'll move on to uh, one of our favorite segments here on this podcast. They said what? And uh, Mark Bergevin was on TSN Montreal, amongst other. He was he was he was a very active guy this week in terms of uh, a media tour that we we got to we got to hear from Mark Bergevin. And uh, so he was on TSN Montreal where he was talking about multiple things. Um, he gave his take on the 2019-2020 season, which we've talked about as being a very strange and sort of entire season to look at. You either look at the regular season as being 71 points in 71 games, or you look at the end and the playoffs, and the Montreal Canadiens beat the Pittsburgh Penguins and take the Flyers to six games. So there's a lot to sort of draw on in this entire season. So Mark Bergevay gave his take on uh, what he saw in 2019-2020. Oh boy, okay, so uh, till about Christmas time, I remember we're all west, we were in the playoff spot, I think we're second in our division, and then uh, we already went to an eight-game losing streak in December, November, 
but we're able to maintain. And then uh, Christmas came, and then we went to Florida, which we lost in Tampa Bay, lost the Panthers, and lost in uh, in Carolina, where we lost Gallagher. We did lose Army or somewhere before that. And then uh, we came home, and then uh, I think we might have another road game. I can't remember, but we, we went to another eight-game losing streak. And, uh, yeah, I guess... I always blame uh, injuries, but that's not good enough for me. We should be able at least to overcome that, and we were not. And uh, we tell skin, and uh, we just got ourselves out of the playoff. And then uh, there's a few factors. I think injury was one of them. I think we, we, we were not consistent as a team. So we played some games we were very good, and some games we had no emotion. And uh, that was the reason. So then we were, the, the COVID came, then we went to Toronto, and then we were fresh. And then we, we did what we did, which we beat Pittsburgh and then lost to Philly in six. So um, that was what I saw in our team last year. So if you missed the 2019-20 season, yeah. there you have it. <laughs> A complete rundown. That was oh. very comprehensive. <laughs> it was. Um, now he he said, uh, let's remember put, put the playoffs aside, uh, and the the stunning victory uh, against the Penguins, um, and a, a credible job against the Flyers. But prior to that, uh, there's no there's no shining it up. Uh, it was a dreadful season, and and yeah. Mark uh, Bergevin says um, it was. Not injuries, but it was injuries. I don't want to. I don't want to use injuries as an excuse. But then he he comes back to it and says, "Well, uh, we had injury issues." And and as we've said um, many times, uh, it it just wasn't wasn't the case. Uh, the injuries they had, they should have been able to uh, deal with. Uh, inconsistency, absolutely. Uh, a lack of emotion. I thought that was an interesting way of describing uh, a reason. And and whose responsibility is it? Uh, for the players to play with emotion is is that a coaching issue? Is uh, is that a chemistry thing? Is that getting the right players uh, to deliver to be able to uh, capitalize on on your your good possession game? You know, there's there's lots of reasons for that. But anyway, um, he gave us a, a really complete explanation of uh, last season. He certainly did, and I mean, I think the last part of what you just said there about players. You know, maybe not buying in. Maybe they just don't. Um, they don't fit. Maybe they're not the right players. Whatever it might be. Uh, he talked about two in particular. First, we'll start with Max Domi, and he talked about the reasons maybe for Max Domi's drop off. For the person who's best to answer that is Max himself. I could tell you my point of view. For me, Max came in the first year and uh, he played the north-south game. He played the power game with skill. This year, I saw Max trying to pull up more, playing the skill game and power after. So he switched what he does best because he's a powerful player with skill. And I thought he was trying to play the skill game more than the power game. And that's what hurt him this year. I think Max, maybe this year, he was he was a little confused about who am I playing with or why am I not playing with this guy. And, and they like to play with certain players, but the coach's job is to try to get the team uh, best as possible to win hockey games. To break up a line that's producing just to make somebody else happy. And at some point, players have to step up to their games. At the end of the day, and I always say, you want more ice time? Guess what? Play better. Well, 
Wow. <laughs> Goodness. There's, there's a lot said in that short clip. Um, you want to find out why uh, Max Domi had a, had a lack of production, a big drop-off? Ask Max. Um, was the first. Um, then he, he carefully explained, um, thought Max wanted to be a bit more of a skill player than, than the power player, uh, uh, working hard and, and, and earning his opportunities. Um, said that um, he was asked, did you, did, did you or the coaching staff um, have a, a chat with Max about that? And he said yes. Uh, they both, uh, both uh, Mark and uh, the coaching staff, sat M- Max down and said, "You got to go back to your power game," and said uh, that Max had a, a litany of excuses, and they centered around who he was playing with and what line he was playing on and how much ice time he got. We know that there's there's a disconnect between Julian and Domi, and it seems that. It really uh, uh, got worse uh, during the year, and we saw where uh, Max started uh, as the playoffs started. Um, but then, ending that, and it, and I, I should say, it didn't. Uh, his his final comment didn't only apply to Max, but applied to Max and other players, yeah. uh, saying, "If you want more ice time, earn it." Basically. Yeah. And I mean, I I think this coupled with what we heard from Claude Julian as well about his perspective on why Max Domi didn't have the type of season that he did last year. He talked about Max Domi coming in and he was excited. He was excited to be in Montreal, excited to be in the Canadian market. And we heard his agent say that Max Domi really would thrive and likes to play in a Canadian market. But that was that was part of it too i think and i don't know if it's just because he started to play more of a skill game than a power game i don't know if max domi did a whole lot last year that was much different from what we saw this year the numbers were just better it just was more production overall but i think that it was the excitement the buying into being in this new environment and of course you mentioned that sort of disconnect that might exist and that could be the cause for a lot of different problems if there is that sort of a of a disconnect between a player and coach but moving on to another player that Mark Bergevin talked about, uh, Jonathan Drouin. And uh, he said that they're, they've been disappointed by what they've seen from Jonathan Drouin, but they're not giving up just yet. Our expectations from him are higher than what he's done so far. When I say so far, it's the first three years in Montreal. I want to see more. I think we will see more. I, I think Joe is is has the potential to be more, and it's going to be up to him to show that. And I think what the biggest issue with Joe is sometimes it's, it's being consistent. I'm, I'm not giving up on Joe Dwayne at all. I think the, the, the skill, the, the talent that he has, that we all saw his draft, you know, when he went third overall, 10 plus saw that, it's still there. It's just that he's going to bring it every night. And I have... I believe I've said that Joe will do that. I mean, I talked to him after we left the bubble. I thought he had, he started slow, but I saw his game peak to a very high level towards the end, and that's what we expect back uh, next year at training camp from day one with Joe. This is a general manager who realizes this trade has had a huge impact on his team. And, um, you know, we mentioned at the, the top of the show, Sergachev uh, looked terrific in the playoffs and was a big part of uh, of the Tampa Bay's uh, Stan- reason they won the Stanley Cup. Duran has been very disappointing. Um, as as you know, the broadcaster himself said, uh, Dan Robertson, he's not a kid anymore. He's 25. 
uh, we have to stop talking about his potential and the way he played in junior. Um, but for for um, Mark Bergeron, he can't because uh, he has to hope that Duran will uh, deliver because he's invested so much. He's given up so much to bring him to to Montreal. Um, and and he's going to hang his hat on the fact of, of he played, you know, a strong game that very last game, um, uh, the 3-2 loss against the Flyers, that last game that, that uh, before the Canadians bowed out. Um, Duran played a very good game by all uh, estimations. However, in 11 games, the, the 10 games plus the playoff games or return to play games plus the exhibition, Duran was um, non-existent. The second last game, he had a couple of assists, but wasn't really, I didn't see him uh, engaged uh, as much, uh, but he was fully engaged for 60 minutes that last game, played well. But one in, in 10 or one in 11 is not the kind of effort you can, um, you you need from a player that you've yeah. invested so much in. And when he says we we need more. He's just been very inconsistent. His effort has been inconsistent. Um, and, and we can't rely on his talent. We need more. And that's, uh, you know, if you package that, that final game and uh, carry it forward to next year. And, and that's, I think, what Mark Bergevin is counting on. Well, and Jonathan Drouin, after that last game, talked about developing chemistry with Nick Suzuki. And I guess, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, I think you have to hope that that carries Jonathan Drouin forward. And if at anything, uh, you know, he's. I think we've come to the point where we have to realize that Jonathan Drouin isn't going to be the one that's driving the offense on this team. It's just, it's not going to happen. We heard we heard uh, Kevin Hayes say that it was Jesperi Kotkaniemi and Nick Suzuki. Yeah. And I would be willing to bet that the next three years, it's going to be those two guys. There's going to be peaks and valleys, but those are the guys that are going to drive the offense. I think we've come and gone in a period where, you know, uh, Jonathan Duran is that guy. But can he be a guy that plays alongside Nick Suzuki and puts up respectable numbers? I think that's your hope if you're the Montreal Canadiens, is right. that he's that guy alongside Nick Suzuki. Um, because it, it's, I think... I think we're past the point um, it, where Jonathan Duran is going to be that guy. Uh, it just hasn't happened yet. It's probably not going to happen at all. Um, so Mark Bergevin asked, point blank, we've heard comments from Jeff Petrie about adding size to this group. We know that Claude Julian would love them to add some size to this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mark Bergevin was asked if he thought the team should get bigger. Uh, are we too small? Would I like to get better? 100%. I, I'm, on, I'm aware of exactly what we're trying to do. And like I said, and I, I challenge you to do that. How many big players move around with skill? I could, you know, I, I, I could get, you know, big players that are not going to make a difference. So if somebody's offering me this really good power guy, like you mentioned, and the price tag is Suzuki, would you let me do that? KK, in the perfect world, 100%, yes. So... Um, it's interesting that, that Mark Bergevin does this. He, he, he always, he always does this, these (laughs) straw man arguments. And we heard it before he's used Carey Price. Would you give up Carey Price to get? And now, um, you know, he knows what the answer is going to be. Would you give up, uh, Suzuki? Would you give up KK? Would you give up Cole Caulfield? Um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's that argument that, uh, don't blame me for not doing anything. Because you wouldn't like it if, if I did, kind of uh, argument. 
Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I thought immediately of the Carey Price. I remember back a couple of years ago when he was at the podium, and I forget what year it was, but that's always been the thing that he said is, okay, you want me to go get a number one center? It's going to cost you Carey Price. I mean, do you want me to do it? Do you still want me to do it? It's, <laughs> it's. I mean, listen, we know that the market is what it is, but I don't know if it's that extreme. I think that you could probably... With the given the fact that Montreal Canadiens have have accumulated a lot of young talent, they could probably pull something off um, if they wanted to. I don't know if they want to. Uh, so that wasn't the end of Mark Bergevin's media tour. As I said, and he was all over the place, uh, <laughs> as as most GMs are with with this time of year. You come to a very important point with the draft and free agency and all of this uh, coming right down the pike. So. He was asked about Cole Caulfield, who's been an interesting one to watch in recent weeks with, you know, where is he going to play? Is he going to play in, in, you know, uh, is he going to go to Sweden? Is he going to play in Wisconsin? We found out he'll play in Wisconsin, and and Mark Bergevin uh, talked about that. He did. Um, It's... uh... Mark Bergevin kind of, we, we talked about this uh, whole story last week where the, uh, according to the Swedish website, um, there was a, a team in, in the SHL, the, the top division in the country, who was trying to sign uh, Caulfield. And it seemed like Mark Bergevin was all, all supportive of that. Um, but we talked about Tony Granato saying, mm, Mark's not talked to me about this and we're expecting Cole back. Well, according to, to Cole Caulfield, um, he has uh, spoken with his family and he has indicated or re-indicated to Tony Granato that uh, he plans to stay with uh, Wisconsin. Um, and let's hope that 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 season their season gets uh, yeah. underway. And when Mark Bergevin was asked about this, he said, yeah, sure, fine, um, but if they don't play, uh, we still want we don't want to see a, a whole season go by without him playing. So we have to keep our options open. Uh, so for now, for this week, it looks like he'll be returning to Wisconsin as long as they can uh, get their season uh, off to a start. Yeah, and uh, one thing that I, I find uh, really interesting about all of this is, I mean, we talked about Cole Caulfield potentially going over and doing what a lot of guys are doing, what the young guys in the Montreal Canadian system have been doing, going over and playing in Europe. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can get this season underway with Wisconsin. I mean, either way, you just want him to get some games in. <laughs> like, you just want him to develop, and that, that'll be the one thing to watch uh, with Cole Caulfield. But moving on to something uh, other, uh, some other news that we were going to touch on a little bit earlier, but um, it was Brendan Gallagher that was brought up, and his play style uh, in particular, would, would that be something to consider with contract negotiations? And, and, and Mark Bergevin touched on that. He did. Um, he said uh, it's a, his style is a concern, but who's going to tell him how to play differently? That's how he plays. There's, there's the, the jaw injury, the hip injury, his hand injuries in the past. Um, but... Uh, uh, Mark Bergevin uh, said that, Bre- and he said he likes to do these signings one at a time. Uh, Jeff P- Petrie is signed. Next on the, on the agenda is Brendan Gallagher. He is the next priority to be signed. Um, Jeff Molson and and uh, it wasn't just it was kind of the co GMs were out on a meteor tour this yeah. week. <laughs> uh, as Mark Bergevin was making the round, so was Jeff Molson and and. Uh, Jeff Molson uh, spoke highly of uh, both Gallagher and Deneau, 
um, and said that uh, he also agreed that Gallagher was going to be the next one to uh, to be signed. Interesting. And while we're with uh, Jeff uh, Molson, um, he was he was um, saying that the fans need to be patient um, because um, they have a plan. Um, and it's only been in place two or three years, so the fans can't be expecting that, um, you know, uh, instant results, this instant gratification kind of thing since 1993. Um, and and it, it's funny how, how Mark Bergevin, 2012, uh, May 2nd, um, but those first years, those learning years, well, I guess when you hire a, a GM without any experience, uh, there's a learning curve, and... Now for Jeff Molson, those learning years are completely tossed, and it's 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 as if you know uh, there was a reset to the plan. It's also as if uh, Mark Bergevin's got a got a reset on his uh, on his tenure. Yeah, and I mean it just keeps going back to this thing where it's oh yeah, we have a plan. It's going to be two or three years away. It's going to be <laughs> two or three, years. and it's every time you get to that point. Oh yeah, don't worry about it. Two or three years, we're going to be we're going to be right there. It's, we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this continuing thing, this continuous thing that we see. Um, but moving on to a, a young guy that sort of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, I find, is Ryan Paling. And, you know, of course, he had that night against the Toronto Maple Leafs in the final game of the 18-19 season. Unfortunately, he dealt with a lot of different injury uh, injuries this year, um, and, and, and that sort of derailed his season. But we heard about Ryan Paling this week as well. We did, and... Um uh, it was funny because um, it was one of our, our colleagues, uh, Amy Johnson, that uh, uh, was saying, "Why isn't Why isn't Palin get a chance uh, in the in the playoffs?" At Dale Weiss, for God's sake, she had Alex <laughs> Belzeal, um, yeah, and um, the, uh, the 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 Twitter mob, um, you know, jumped on her saying, "Well, don't you know anything, Ryan?" Paling is out of shape, um, and this one of the things that uh, in his media tour that Mark Bergevin did this week was to categorically deny um, this story that that Ryan uh, uh, Paling reported uh, to the return to play training camp out of shape. He said, you know, that that's nonsense. Uh, this was an absolute garbage rumor that was started by Matthias Brunet of La Presse. Uh, and it was kind of an innocent um, statement in, um, as, you know, Ryan Paling's not a very guarded guy when you talk to him. Um, and he said, uh, listen, I had a tough season um, and some injuries. So when, when the season was over, I went back and, and recovered a bit and before I got back to, to my training. And that statement was was um, spun by Brene saying, uh, oh, he had, uh, he had a bad winter, so he didn't bother training. And Twitter took that and ran with it. Uh, and it's, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. And a lot of it is stemming from, you know, there's, there's certainly anti-American views, there's certainly anti-religion views that surround... Uh, um, uh, Ryan Paling and people look for reasons to criticize him and and it's it's scandalous it really is because he he's going to be an important part of this team we hope he's going to be an important part of this yeah. team yeah and I mean and the thing is too right is you look you look down the middle for years to come if you have got Nick Suzuki 
you know, Yasperi Kotkaniemi, Ryan Paling, Jake Evans. I mean, that is a, I mean, you talk about Montreal Canadiens fans the last 10 years clamoring for some centermen. It's starting, they, they finally have some guys that are coming down the pike that look to be those guys that could fill those roles. And Ryan Paling, I think, is one of the more intriguing ones because him and Kotkaniemi will bring an element of physicality that, that they, they're going to need in that sort of middle six to wear teams down. So uh, that, that to me is, um, you, would, you hope that he will, uh, he'll be able to, to crack a roster spot this year. And just to yeah. add one more thing, why didn't he play? Um, Bergevin answered that. Um, he said, as a prospect, we see him playing in Montreal. He's a center, and I'm quoting, a guy who had some success at the World Juniors. He's a guy we like. He has good size. But we think he needs to get stronger so he can play the type of hockey we need him to play. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. He's been given a mandate now in this offseason to get stronger. And, and uh, for a guy his age, um, that's not unusual. And, nope. uh, you know, um, uh, it's just uh, these rumors yeah. are, are, uh, are maddening for young, uh, especially when they're attached to young prospects. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, it, it's so easy to sort of poison the well a little bit and, and, and sort of people run with things, as mm-hmm. you said, especially on Twitter, especially in social media. Uh, so, Rick, that, of course, being Ryan Paling, being a guy that was drafted not too long ago, back in 2017, even though 2017 feels like ages ago now. <laughs> my gosh. Uh, but anyways, uh <laughs> The draft strategy for the Montreal Canadiens uh, entering uh, this draft uh, was also something that was touched on. And I mean, there have been conversations. There's been sort of um, conversations about maybe Mark Bergevin moving the 16th overall pick, maybe go down that road. But I mean, overall, he, he touched on what his strategy is going to be entering this year. Well, he did say that uh, COVID is not going to have an effect on the on who they choose. Thinking that, thinking ahead, that certain players in certain leagues won't be able to play, uh, he said yeah. that's not going to enter into uh, the conversation. Um, but it seems like um, you know uh, he spent a, a a lot of time with with Shane Sherland, Trevor Timmons, rebuilding the the. The, the stock room of, of and, and having a very good prospect pool. And now he's thinking about how does he use that prospect pool? How does he use his draft put picks uh, in having an impact right now um, and filling in this, this transition with, with the core players like Shea Weber and, and Carey Price uh, wanting to and needing to win right away. So um, he said that he's had uh, new conversations with numerous g- general managers looking for um, uh, that number 16 pick. And he said that it's um, a little more available than it usually would be. So he's not opposed to trading uh, his first round pick at number 16. Yeah. And I mean, this is the guy that said he was just listening to offers for P.K. Subban. He wasn't chopping them. So, I mean, hey, that's a lot to say for Mark Bergevin. Might be a little bit more than we usually get. So, uh, yeah, it could be an interesting draft period for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, So, of course, the draft is just one part of of the offseason. There are other parts of it. He talked about free agency as well and uh, maybe not seeing Montreal as being that active in that market. Free agency as of October 9th, and and uh, we got we got questions last week. Yeah, what's going to happen? What's going to happen 
um, either from a trade perspective or uh, from picking up free agents. And Mark Bergevin, the, the other thing we've heard back um, uh, is that the Canadians have oodles of money to spend. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, the, that, that cap space to burn, uh, I've seen the phrase. And we've been saying, listen to Mark Bergevin's words. And this goes back. Uh, we've been preaching uh, the fact that he talks about being careful, being cautious. Um, and there's just $10 million left um, in the, with the cap in order to, and, and he has uh, players to sign, whether Victor Mete or or uh, Max Domi, or um, uh, a number of, of players. So um, he's going to be careful. And he said uh, free agency. Um, he couldn't talk about particular players, but uh, he said we don't have the cap space. And, and it's kind of what we talked about last week uh, when that question came up about Taylor Hall. Canadians don't have the cap space, uh, contrary to what you might read on Twitter. Um, they don't have the cap space. So don't expect uh, a Taylor Hall signing. Don't expect um, a trade for Patrick Lina. Um, I, I think that's the, those are the kinds of uh, messages he was putting out on, with various media this week is they're not, there's not going to be a big splash. Yeah, and I talked about that a little bit, as you said last week. It, it seems like the Montreal Canadiens are in the spot where most of what they do uh, with in terms of making an addition is going to be money in money out so um, that'll be um, yeah, that'll be something to watch but uh, in addition to free agency so Mark Mark Bergevin's well acquainted with the old offer sheet as we saw last last year or at least attempting uh, uh, not not in a great attempt but I mean he tried <laughs> he, he did try I guess uh, so talked about that again and uh, potentially going down that road I said it remains a tool, but it, uh, it will change your <laughs> your cap structure, and it's unlikely that they'll mm-hmm. do something like that. And I think even even then, like when they made that offer sheet, it, that was such a, a strange moment because it was sort of this excitement that was followed by the realization that okay, that wasn't a whole lot to offer a guy like Sebastian Ajo. So it, it's such an unlikely thing that we'd ever see that happen again. It, it just doesn't seem like it's, maybe you'll see another team do it better, but it, it just felt like such a rare thing to see. Um, but anyway, so moving on to uh, the idea of maybe taking on a bad contract in a trade in order to get something of value which in, in this sort of climate might seem like a little bit of a risk, but if they can get the right piece, I mean, it's, that'll be something. It's yeah. interesting that, uh, again, these are things that we've talked about uh, last week in previous shows. Um, and as far as taking on bad contracts, you think of Armia, and that worked out uh, pretty well. Um, but I, I said, again, that... Um, uh, it, it isn't the Canadians that have uh, cap space to burn on a bad contract. It's teams like the Senators, like the Red Wings that yep. do. And funny enough, uh, Mark Bergevin repeated exactly that. And he used uh, Detroit and Ottawa as, as his examples of teams that are, were in a better position to do that than, than the Canadians. Um, he also ties... Um, kind of kibosh the idea of Bobby Ryan. Uh, Bobby Ryan was a, a question we had last week. Um, yeah. So uh, this is going to be, if the Canadians use free agency to um, 
to help their problem with 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 scoring or uh, with size, it's going to be not that marquee uh, player. We talked about Dadenoff last week. We don't think it'll be Hoffman. Um, you know, I've seen other names out there like uh, uh, Maroon or uh, to 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 deal with the size issue. Um, but it's not going to be the, the, the big, splashy, big contract kind of signings or trade. Unless, as you say, uh, as you mentioned last week, money in, money out. Yeah, it, it, that seems like the, the route that Montreal Canadiens will go to make an addition. Um, but we will see. Mark Bergevin can surprise you from time to time. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see on that. But Rick... We're going to get into the draft. Uh, he talked about his draft strategy and should the Montreal Canadiens have that 16th overall pick, who might they use it on? So we're going to tackle that uh, in our second segment. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Whalen19. With me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Um, so, Rick, as we said, this is an entire segment devoted to the NHL draft. And last week when we had the question and answer segment, we had said that if there was a question that someone had posed about the draft, it would likely be addressed here. And if the Montreal Canadiens elect to keep that 16th overall pick and use it, we have both got three guys. We're going to present three guys who we would like to see the Montreal Canadiens use that pick with and and guys who are expected to go in and around that range. Of course, things happen. Guys will go higher, guys will go lower based on preferences of other teams. But we have three guys who are in and around that spot, that number 16th overall spot. 
who we would like to see the Canadians select. We did this last year as well, uh, uh, something similar to this where we select three guys and the three guys that we select, the other guy isn't allowed to take those, isn't allowed to use that, that those three guys. So there were some guys that we felt the same about that ultimately uh, forced uh, one of us to take them and the other person to choose another guy. Um, so, yeah. That's, um, and we remember, I don't remember which episode it was, but it, uh, it was uh, a few months ago. We did a mock draft when we were assuming that the yep. Canadians <laughs> would go no, no further and would get the ninth pick. And, uh, and of course, uh, the players available at nine are much different than the ones available at 16. So, um, you know, the we, I, I circulated a list uh, to help us uh, and the players who are ranked in the top 10 were, were off limits. They're trying to make this as realistic as possible uh, with the Canadians uh, picking at number 16. Um, and as you said, uh, uh, no duplicates so that we can feature um, six players yeah. here during the, the time we have. Yeah, and I think if we remember back to last year, I can't remember if Cole Caulfield was somebody that I don't know if either one of us had him as being one of the three guys. I think I might have mentioned you him. You liked him a lot. I yeah. did. I did like him a lot, but I didn't. We, we weren't sure where he was going to go. Yeah. And at 15, would, would he be there? But yeah. he was a very divisive player. He was very divisive. So that was the thing. But regardless, we did this sort of thing last year and it ended with the Montreal Canadiens having Cole Caulfield fall to them, the perception being at the time. With the 15th overall selection, the Montreal Canadiens select from the U.S. National Development Program, Cole Caulfield. And we were there. Uh, we yep. were in the building, and uh, it was uh, it was really exciting. The ovation that Shea Weber got uh, went, got, went yeah. a local guy and, and uh, got a huge ovation, and to have him make the selection... Uh, Brendan Gallagher was also in the building and, and welcomed uh, Cole Caulfield, and um, it was great for us to be there with uh, our our Rocket Sports team and all of our uh, draft winners, and and uh, it was it was really exciting because, uh, as you said, uh, Cole Caulfield did wasn't expected to be uh, available when the Canadians picked. So yeah, who's going to be available who's at sixteen? Who's to say, as you said, the top 10 might be off limits. It could it could change. Who knows? But uh, the one thing that I will say about the Cole Caulfield, that had to be a very interesting night to, to walk up and look up at Shea Weber and then go backstage and see Brendan Gallagher look him sort of eye to eye. <laughs> that, <laughs> That's right. That had to be a, quite a yeah, quite a stark contrast. But yes, yeah, so we, we've got the three guys each. So I'll get the ball rolling here with a guy that both of us like, with a guy that both of us wanted to talk about, and ultimately uh, I got to because, uh, you know, he is a Newfoundlander after all, yeah, Dawson Mercer yeah. <laughs> from Bay Roberts, Newfoundland. Uh, and the one thing that I will say before I get into it, I focused on size, and, and Jeff Petrie talked about it. We know Claude Julien would love the Montreal Canadiens to add some size, but you need the right kind of size. As Mark Bergevin talked about, you can go and you can get all these big guys, but if they can't play the modern NHL game, then you just have size for the sake of size, and that's not really going to be effective. So the one thing that I said is that, well, you might need to sacrifice some of the high-end speed that the Montreal Canadiens have for guys who are still good skaters, but maybe don't have the frame to be, you know, like a Paul Byron or a, or a Max Domi sort of zipping around the ice. So 
the one I'll start with Dawson Mercer, who I think is just the most well-rounded player that uh, one of the more well-rounded players that the Canadians could get. He is a good skater. He also has that sort of big, big body presence. He can win battles along the boards and in front of the net. He's good on the four check. He's a smart player in his own end. Very solid positionally. Um, he spent his first two seasons in the Q, uh, in the QMJHL playing on the wing, but he played center primarily this year. So that gives him a little bit of versatility, which is something that you can never, it never hurts to have some versatility. And I mean, you can never have enough, uh, the line is you can never have enough defensemen. I mean, uh, you can never have enough centers if you're the Montreal Canadiens over the last few years. And to stockpile guys that sort of have that versatility, can play center or the wing, I think that would be huge for them. Um, And he's got that finishing ability. He makes the right play off the rush. He can create. I mean, um, like I said, he's just a well-rounded player. And I think that if the Montreal Canadiens use their 16th overall pick, if he is still available, I think it's hard to pass up on Dawson Mercer, something, someone that scouts look at as being a sure bet to be a good NHL player. Yeah, I think that one of the things you, you mentioned, size, for me, it's um, it's intelligence, it's hockey sense, it's, yep. it's vision. And for Mercer, it's off the charts. Both hockey sense and his compete level is really strong uh, to go along with with uh, uh, you know the 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 way he he manages his game. Um, he has that connection, as you said, the Newfoundland connection. Uh, but he left Newfoundland at a very young age. Uh, went to uh, uh, Bishop's College uh, in in Sherbrooke. Uh, we had a, a question from Lennoxville last year uh, in the area, and um, and then went on uh, to he's he's had three seasons in the queue, and that's when he ran into Dominic Ducharme uh, in Drummondville, uh, uh, yeah. and so there's that connection there and a, a bit of extra insight, I guess, that Dom Ducharme can bring uh, to this selection um, with any of these these prospects that we talk about in this range there's a reason that they're not in the top 10 there's 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 a flaw um and and with uh dawson mercer the one that i hear most often is his skating it's kind of iffy it's kind of average some say below average um he needs to improve his skating get a little bit stronger uh and then he can can be a star but he is he is talked about uh as being one of the smartest players in the draft and uh, and that always goes a long way with Trevor Timmons. And if you're smart, you know where to be and you can get there. You know your limitations and how to get there. And that's the part of it that I think makes Dawson Mercer look like a little bit of a better skater than he actually is, is that he's smart and knows where to be and how to get there. So, yeah, but the, but to me, I mean, yeah, Dawson Mercer would be a solid pick. But who do you have who would be? The, maybe not ranked. I don't know if we're doing it in order of who we'd like to see most to least, but who's your first guy? Yeah, I I, I didn't rank it. I, I as you said, Dawson Mercer was also uh, yeah. early on my list until until you you uh, claimed the the Newfoundland rights <laughs> and I, I backed rights. away. Yeah, <laughs> um, but on my list um, is Seth Jarvis um, mm. from Portland in in the Western Hockey League. And uh, what did I say about uh, intelligence? And compete level, um, he, he is again smart, uh, vision, um, and his compete level is off the charts. Determined, um, great skill, uh, 
uh, good skater. Um, he comes out of out of uh, the the um, rink hockey, hockey academy in Winnipeg, and um, he's he's just a, a very dangerous winger. Um, he's he makes high percentage plays because of of being so smart. He uses this this skill uh, with intelligence, uh, quickness as well. Uh, and um, th- his his speed is is already at the NHL level. Uh, he works hard. He wins m- um, uh, a lot of battles. And the knock on him, uh, you said you wanted size. The knock on him, as as I said, every player here has a flaw. With him, it's uh, he's Brennan Gallagher size. Yeah. Um, and but the interesting thing is that he doesn't shy away. He wins more battles than you'd think for a guy who's uh, five nine, five ten uh, in that area because he has such a, a, a strong work ethic. And um, boy, if if he is available, um, the, the kind of guy that can make that can can make decisions at speed. Uh, that'll easily translate uh, to uh, the NHL. Um, I, I think uh, the, the Canadians would be wise to uh, consider Seth Jarvis. Yeah, and man, I got to say, I was willing to go past the size thing for Seth Jarvis because I like his game too. The only thing that I said, Eddie, you said it, was if he is available. And I don't, I don't know if he's going to be available. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. hard to sort of predict how things are going to fall, but I just feel like he is that sort of that type of player that teams are not going to pass up on. So if he makes it into the, these sort of, well, you would assume that he's not going to be in the top 10. I can't see him going much further than, you know, sort of the 12, 13, 14 type of range. I feel like at that point he might be, he might be gone, but I, I really like Seth Jarvis. And I, and I think that the Montreal Canadians would be wise uh, to select him. Um, but moving on for me, which is which is this one is is very fitting because we were talking about him before the show, and he is somebody that the scouts are divided on, and fitting we are also divided on a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> it's Dylan Holloway who uh, played at Wisconsin with Cole Caulfield. He's somebody that the Canadians would probably have seen a lot of uh, tracking uh, Cole Caulfield and seeing his teammates as well. So. I mean, this is a guy for me, and Scott Wheeler had a very comprehensive breakdown of Holloway in The Athletic back in May that sort of opened my eyes to Holloway because, as I said, wasn't expecting the Montreal Canadiens to be drafting in this range and be in in this sort of uh, grouping of of players. But um, in that article, people talked about the fact that he was mature, he he has some poise, he's steady, um, and, and from looking at that and, and seeing some of, of, of the highlights, because this is not somebody that I would have seen as much as some of the guys that are playing in Canada in the QMJHL or the WHL or the OHL, um, just from seeing those clips, I just really like the mix of his speed and his physicality, and I think that that would be a big addition to the organization now he is a center but i think that he might be a better fit on the wing with those tools with the speed and the physicality that he brings maybe battling in along the boards i think that he's somebody that when you talk about baseball you have the five tool player and sometimes there are players that have all the tools but maybe never put it all together in a way that they can be an effective and sort of uh you know in the pro game because as we talk about with jonathan Jerwan. 
it's different, man. You get to the pros, it's different. So you have to figure out the game in between the years before you can sort of figure out what's going on around you. So, I mean, I like that he plays with a relentlessness that's aided by his plus level speed and he uses that speed. He's able to finish checks with his strength. He wins battles. He creates, he attacks the net hard and can finish with a hard wrist shot. Um, Holloway, I mean, he's, he's somebody that I am pretty high on, but I can understand why you might not be. And, and the thing is, is I think that you look at it, it's just sort of a, a very raw sort of, um, has all the sort of tools that you would expect and you would like out of a guy in this range. But can he put it all together? I think is a, is a very good question. And one that I don't have the answer to, but I would, I would still like Montreal to take a, take a shot at him. I think you you said it. I, I agree with uh, everything you said. Um, uh, but the way you finished, I don't have an answer. And and it's funny because out of any of the guys in the draft, I've seen Dylan Holloway more than anyone else. Yeah. Uh, and and that was thanks to Cole Caulfield. Uh, I watched uh, every Wisconsin game. We were at a couple in person. And um, Dylan Holloway is one of the youngest players. Um, yep. It was came in really raw, and I think I think he had a tough transition uh, to uh, NCAA hockey. Um, but you look at you look at the 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 size. Uh, you look at at a strong north south game. You look he the skating is is excellent. Yeah. Um, and I think you're also right that uh, in the games I saw, he was far more effective. He he did play a little bit on the wing, and he was far more effective effective both in. Uh, from the offense and and defensive perspective, when uh, he had a little bit less responsibility uh, on on the wing, and the thing that um, you know he'd make a play and you say, yeah, that's what you want to see. That's what matches his stats. That's what matches him on paper. But far too often, I I was left wanting more. I was like. I, I need more from this guy, given yeah. given his stats, uh, given uh, you know his 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 qualities. I want to see more, and I didn't see that. Uh, now, why is that? That's the question that that the scouts have to answer. Is it because he's young and raw, and and uh, and he's going to develop? Um, I don't know. Or uh, you know, one of the questions, big question marks for me. Uh, and for many of the scouts, is his hockey sense? Is that that intelligence? Can he? Uh, does he see the ice uh, well? Does he? Does he make good decisions? Uh, is it because of his youth or because it's it's not there? Um, and he he's as I said in the in the the pre-show, um, he's the kind of guy that either make or break a scout's career because <laughs> uh, if if you pass on him. And and he you know uh, he explodes in the NHL. Uh, everybody's going to look at that decision that you made and say how how could you possibly read the stat? You could, yeah. you know, uh, or if you pick him and he becomes a bust, then then you're in trouble too. So um, he's you know there there was uh, uh, Corey Pronman said he's one of the most polarizing um, uh, uh, players when he talks to scouts, and 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 I would agree. Uh, I, I think that scouts just don't know uh, where to slot him. Is is the game too fast for him, uh, or is is he just young and raw and and he's going to figure it out? I, I don't know. But as you say, uh, th- those qualities 
Yeah. How how can you pass? <laughs> it's, it's a very it's yeah. Tough. It's east, east, it's a tantalizing thing to see all those sort of tools. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where exactly he falls. Um, but Rick, who do you have next on your list? Well, I wanted a defenseman in here somewhere. I understand that the Canadians have. Um, uh, great uh, uh, stable of, of defensive prospects coming, um, and uh, whether it's Romanoff or or Brook or uh, Norlander or Struble, um, Harris, um, but I think that they they need a uh, replacement for um, a Shea Weber, um, a Shea Weber type of replacement, not necessarily top pairing defenseman but but a guy who's going to bring uh, a lot of uh, smarts and going to bring a lot of uh, size uh, to your lineup and and um, you know there's been some talk about uh, Gooley that's been uh, he's been kind of talked about uh, uh, that the, he might go with Canadians but I I have Braden Schneider Schneider um, uh, with Brandon uh, in the eight in the WHL uh, rated uh, ahead of him Again, this guy's smart. Tons of hockey sense. Tons of compete level. Um, he's. Uh, I, I think uh, you know. It's. It's. Uh, he's pegged as kind of a, uh, a stay-at-home defenseman, but I don't think that's accurate because he's a pretty good mobile uh, two-way defenseman. Uh, his. You're not going to get a lot of offense out of him, or maybe he just hasn't shown offense. When he was younger, he had a bit more offense to his game. Uh, but he's had a bit of a growth spurt and uh, he, a strong core, big physical defenseman that's going to uh, clear the, the front of the net, uh, that uh, can pin people against and win battles and, and make turnovers uh, against the boards. Um, but it's, it's, it's his compete level and his hockey sense, and, and it's his gaps that are, are, um, are, are tight because he's smart. He... He's he's able to read plays really well. Um, I I I would I I think if the Canadians are looking to add a defenseman, uh, it's it's Braden Schneider. He's the one that uh, um, if there's a, a flaw, and we talked about we always want to present the flaws in this group. It's that his his um, his skill or his offensive contributions are a bit underwhelming. But I think it's it's uh, he's the kind of guy who's uh, when he gets to that level, you're not going to care so much about it because he's just that good at at defending. He's going to eat minutes and he's going to be the kind of guy that you're going to rely on for a very long time. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to talk about the Montreal Canadiens maybe having to look at replacing Shea Weber down the line. That's something that Canadians fans don't want to talk about, but it's a reality that they're going to have to face. And it's interesting that you bring this up because the three guys that I have are all forwards. Um, But back when we did the mock draft for the Canadians drafting in the top 10 at number nine, we both had the Canadians uh, picking uh, Jake Sanderson. I, I, Mm -hmm. I presented an argument for Jack Quinn, but we both said Jake Sanderson, but now they're in a different spot and it sort of changes uh, the scope of things, but I think, yeah, Braden Shiner might be a guy that you look at, especially, I mean, it, it's, we, you think of the Montreal Canadiens as having a really good right side of the defense, but Shea Weber and Jeff Petrie are both going, getting up there in age, so when you have the opportunity to draft a right shot defenseman, traditionally a little bit more difficult to find a good right shot defenseman, um, it's hard to pass up on that. 
And um, uh, Caden yeah. Gooley is, you know, out of Prince Albert. He's he's another choice there. Um, just a, a little bit less on the the, the hockey sense. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, and and that's what I put a priority on uh, throughout these picks. So. With that, I'll move to uh, my last guy, the last guy that I have, which is uh, Connor Zary, who played in Kamloops of the WHL. And all three guys that I've presented have uh, played center. Um, this guy, to me, I think looks to be more of a center than the other two, in my opinion, or at least he might be better suited to play center uh, than a winger. The thing that I like about him is his character. He's a smart player all over the ice. He's got a great work ethic as well. And and his skating isn't great. That's the drawback here. You talk about the flaw and every... Uh, for him, it's his skating. And for me, I'm not somebody that notices the sort of mechanics of skating all that often, but there is a pretty noticeable hitch in his stride as a skater. So that would be the sort of weakness. That might be the reason why he doesn't go a little bit higher. There are some people that, that really like his overall game that thought that maybe if, I mean, in other years, he could be a top 10 pick, but just not this year. Um, but the thing that I like about him, he's got a, a very explosive first step and knows where he needs to be and is able to get to the right place. So you talk about hockey sense, being able to make up for, you know, sort of not having that ability as a skater and maybe D- Dawson Mercer in a similar type of, of category. Connor Zary might be that, but just to a lesser extent on the overall skills. The thing about him, he's just a solid, hardworking player. And I think anytime you can get someone like that, you have to be you know, happy about it. And, and he's somebody that has been talked about as being a natural leader, somebody that has been talked about as, you know, as obviously having a, a bit of a work ethic. And I don't think that he has that sort of one trademark thing that he does better than any, anyone else. He's just solid across the board, but his work ethic could lead to improvements. And I think if you draft character, and that's one thing that it seems to be said about Connor Zary is that he's, he's a pretty high character guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, this guy is uh, his his character, his compete level, um, and I mentioned about intelligence. He is he is a very smart yeah. uh, offensive player. Led Kamloops in in uh, scoring. Um, he can 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 pull off these highlight reel plays. Super competitive. Um, it's the only thing that's uh, that's holding him back is and and I should say about his size, he's one of the guys um, that is kind of already s- filling out his frame. Yeah. So there's not a lot of of uh, room for growth there. But uh, his skating, um, some scouts say that his skating is going to prevent him from uh, getting to the the NHL. If he can if he can work on that, uh, then um, then look out. He's he's going to be pretty impressive. Yeah, and I mean I think. Yeah, as I said, he is somebody that I, I don't see as a winger for the reason that I just don't know if his skating would be able to translate to that point. But if you play him at center and he's just a smart guy that's able to sort of see the game. And, and for me, the, the thing that I've heard as well is that he makes those around him better. If he can put it all sort of put it all together and, and figure out the skating aspect of it, I think that he's a very intriguing prospect um, and, and somebody that might be looked at as maybe going a little bit uh, deeper than that 16th overall pick. He might go after that. That's sort of the projection that you get. But um, I, I think that you draft character and you worry about the rest after the fact. And I think that Connor Zary is somebody that has a lot of character and, and the willingness to work and put in that work uh, is something that not all prospects 
are, are willing to do, and, and it seems like he might be one that is. So you took Dawson Mercer, and uh, that that led me to say, hmm, what do I want here? Yeah. Um, and uh, there's uh, there's there's a couple of, of names that have been attached to the, the Canadians in some of the mocks. Uh, Lucas Reichel has been making his way, the German players making his way up uh, the draft board these days. Uh, but for me, it was uh, Radion Amirov. And if you're going to have an opportunity, if, if the Canadians' biggest uh, problem is scoring goals and having um, uh, that, that dynamic uh, scorer, uh, that offensive threat, that high, highlight real guy, uh, why not pick one who just excels at that? And, and Amirov is just, um, talk about skill, talk about quickness, Again, he's uh, he's got tremendous uh, hockey sense and and compete level. Um, he thinks the game uh, way ahead of of the play, players that uh, he plays against. Um, he's he's already processing the game uh, at speed, um, and 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 physically he has uh, legitimate uh, NHL speed to back that up. Great hands, really hardworking. Um, this this is going to be a player that Claude Julien can even abide by because, you know, um, the the rumor that he doesn't like Russians or the rumor that he doesn't like players who don't come back. This is a guy who likes to come back to his own end and win a lot of battles and and take the puck and then scoot up the ice uh, with it. Um, this guy is, uh, you know, he's a very complete player. Uh, for a, for such an offensive minded guy, he's he's more of a, a two way player than you you'd think. The issue, flaws, the flaw, <laughs> is his strength. Um, yeah, he's going to be he's he's uh, pretty pretty thin right now, um, six foot but one sixty seven. Uh, he's going to be pretty easy to knock off the puck. He has to get stronger at whatever level that that he's going to play, um, and and if he doesn't do that, he's going to struggle. If he does do that, he is going to be an exciting player to watch. Absolutely, and that, he was one guy that I was looking at. Maybe in, instead of Connor Zary, I was going to go down that road um, because of obviously the Canadians need some guys to score goals. You drafted Cole Caulfield last year, but. I mean, let, let's let's talk about it. There are some concerns with Cole Caulfield. Maybe he, the size will be an issue. He won't be able to translate to the NHL. We'll just have to wait and see on that. So you need to get some insurance on that. Some guys that can, you know, that, that look like good goal scorers that could translate their games to the NHL. And I think Amirov is somebody that could do that. But as you pointed out, he does have a pretty big frame. He's six foot, but he is, yeah, 160 odd pounds. That's not really the type of, you know, sort of package that you'd, you'd like to see the, the the goal scorer come in. So it's going to be, you're right, he's going to need to put on some 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 pounds and, 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 and learn to play that more type of physical style and not get knocked off the puck. And, and for me, I mean, he and, and Seth Jarvis, for Seth Jarvis, I just didn't think that he would be in this spot. But for him, he was somebody that I considered as well because of obviously the Canadians. They need to address their lack of goal scoring, and he can certainly do that. Um, but yeah, as you said, it'll need to uh, he'll need to add to his frame a little bit. So um, those are our, our um, if if we were picking, those are who yeah. we might be uh, the pool that we might be looking at 
at 16. There's we talked about uh, will the Canadians have a first round pick or will uh, Mark Bergevin move that pick in a in a deal to help uh, get help right now. Um, but we want to hear from you. We want we want to hear from you uh, on on who you uh, who your pick is uh, ahead of uh, Tuesday's draft. And and you can reach us on social media. You can reach us on our Rocket Sports text line. That's five eight five three Rocket five eight five three Rocket. Just before uh, you take us to break, I'll just say that uh, TSN asked Canadians fans. There was the TSN draft poll. And uh, the, the top four choices that they had, Dawson Mercer at 41% of fans picked Dawson Mercer. Um, Henrik Lapierre, also 41%. Uh, we're, I think both of us, we understand the, the, uh, the desire to have a, a, a homegrown player, um, but um, he's, he's not the best player available at number 16 a bit of a reach and uh, my goodness I think we're both scared off by the injury issues there yeah um, nine uh, continuing the poll nine percent choose uh, Jacob Perot and again uh, there's the the homegrown uh, aspect coming in uh, and Lucas Reichel uh, who I mentioned a, a, a few minutes ago also at nine percent so um, lots of choices there you have ours uh, there's yours we want to hear from you and uh, next week we're going to be talking about who the Montreal Canadiens did select. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be a fun conversation to have. But certainly before we get to that point, there are a, very, a lot of intriguing options for the Montreal Canadiens in this spot. So certainly we do want to hear from you, whether it be uh, reaching at uh, Habs Connection on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all Habs, the fan page on Facebook, on Twitter, whichever way, or the text line, as you said, 5853 Rocket. We're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we'll wrap this thing up. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. 
for the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects. Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection Podcast. This is episode 104 of the Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. As I said, uh, we we listed three guys each that we would like to see the Canadians select with that 16th overall pick. If they keep it, you can reach us on social media at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the All Habs fan page. You can at Rick at All Habs or me, Joela19, whichever way you, you, you want to go with it. We want to hear from you and get your answer. Craig Who Button would you like is, uh, to see? Yeah. 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 He's weighed in. He agrees with you. Ah, uh, yeah, Dawson, Dawson Mercer, Mercer. At, at number sixteen. Uh huh. Well, yeah. it's because he has, he has Schneider going um, to Toronto at the number yes. fifteen pick, so not yeah. available. Uh, and Seth Jarvis, he has way up at uh, he does the, the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that would be an interesting one to see. Uh, but yeah, he uh, I believe in and I believe in in the Athletic Corey Pronin may have had Mercer at uh, at seventeen going to uh, the Blackhawks. So that would be uh, an interesting one. But I don't know if the Canadians pass up on, on Dawson Mercer. We'll just have to wait and see, though, because next week we will be We're here discussing be, yeah. who the Canadians draft. This is uh, it. We've had one exciting show after another. And um, what you need to do is to make sure that you have subscribed to this show. doesn't matter which uh, platform, which podcast platform, you like to use we're on all of them uh just make sure that you subscribe so that uh, you'll get that you won't miss a, a an episode of the podcast if you do uh go to canadiansconnection.com you can uh, you can find all of the archived ep- episodes there but make sure you're subscribed and make sure you tell your fellow habs fans that they should subscribe and that'll help us uh, be a, a um, it'll help other habs fans to find us you know those algorithms and that sort of thing oh, that'll yeah. bring us to the top of searches so uh, we're thrilled with uh, the the huge increase we've had during uh, the pandemic and the return to play uh, but we want uh, a little bit it, you to help us with a, a even greater reach to make sure that by the time this uh, the the new season is underway um, we'll have uh, we'll have even, even even bigger show absolutely and it's going to be one that you're not going to want to miss next week because uh-huh. we're either going to be talking about who Montreal drafted with their uh, first round pick or maybe did they trade their first round pick. There's a lot of different avenues. And of course, with these players that we've discussed with other players that maybe we didn't discuss that Mark Bergevin and his staff, uh, his scouting staff might be high on. I mean, there's a lot of intriguing options there. So even if they keep the pick, we're going to have a lot to discuss. And of course, it's not just the first round. There's also the second and the third and the fourth and the Canadians have a lot of picks. They have a lot of picks. Yeah. Yeah. So they are going to be an active team. They thought that they were going to be hosting the draft. So I guess they loaded up for the uh, hometown excitement about those draft picks, but they still have a lot of picks to use. So uh, it will be a very uh, exciting period of time. It always is the draft 
uh, before we get to free agency is also going to be an exciting time. Maybe not for the Montreal Canadiens, but uh, we've got a lot to discuss in the coming weeks. And we're, we're glad that we have you along here with us. And certainly we would like, if you have not already, uh, for you to subscribe to this podcast and the Press Zone as well. That's right. And the Press Zone as well. Find it on all the other platforms. Just search for the Press Zone, search for Canadians Connection, hit the subscribe button, and then you got all the episodes coming right at you. You won't miss one. Two episodes uh, yeah. of the Press Zone this week, by the way. Two episodes. Ah. There'll be a pre-draft show and a, and a post-draft show. So uh, make sure make sure you're subscribed to both. Absolutely. You don't want to miss that for sure. So, Rick, we will say goodbye for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And like we said, when we come back, when we come back next week, we're going to have the draft to discuss all the events that may have happened, whether the Canadians use that pick or not. All those sorts of outcomes we're going to discuss next week. So thank you for tuning into the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.